Hello, I'm Jensen. And I'm Megan. And welcome to the Narrow Path Podcast. Where we question the narrative and encourage you to take the path less traveled so that we can finally step into the lives that we were meant to live. Hey everyone, I'm sitting here today with Jensen, my lovely co-host. Hey! I'm really excited for you all to get to know her a little bit better today. She is originally from Los Gatos, California, and now lives in Atlanta with her husband. She is someone who always pushes herself to be the best best version of herself and has learned a lot along the way. Uh, She's an avid traveler and is someone who inspires me in the ways that she lives her life. So with all that being said, Jensen, what has been your journey to discovering health? So my healing journey definitely started in 2020. That was a super transitional year for me, and I'm sure so many other people, obviously. We know what happened there. Don't need to get into that. But COVID hit at the same time that I was graduating from college. That's already such a huge transition in your life. And all of a sudden, I was packing up, moving back to live with my parents, who had just moved to a new state where I didn't know a single person. And... Basically, every single thing in my life got stripped away, like the school, the partying, friends, boyfriend, everything, all the distractions were gone, and that put me in a position where I had no choice but to reflect and examine my life and the decisions I'd been making and what I wanted my life to look like, and I actually started therapy at the time for the first time in my life, which was immensely healing for me which actually wasn't because of the therapy itself, but because I'd had this huge fear of talking about my pain and trauma because I thought if I ever did, I'd just be opening this can of worms and everything would fall apart. But once I did it, it actually wasn't that bad and I felt really good. And facing that fear was like this big weight lifted off my shoulders and it was just healing to realize that My trauma doesn't define me. I can overcome it and leave it in the past. And I just really identified Mm -hmm. my priorities in my life. I cut out toxic people. I got a lot closer with my family. I got my mental health in check, physical health, improved my relationship a lot, got close to God. And that's really where it all began. And I've gotten more and more into health and wellness ever since then. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's... It starts with your your mind. Yes, it started with my mind. Yeah. Absolutely. And bef- then the rest follows. The rest follows. Because if you, I don't know, if you just care about your appearance, mm-hmm. it's not, you're still, nothing's going to happen to your body because your mind's not right. It's all exactly. so connected. Exactly. Because like. <laughs> before that, I always grew up, I was always fit, I always played sports, I always cared about my appearance. Mm-hmm. I always had like pretty nice body, nice hair, good clothes, all that, but it was very superficial. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care about like putting harmful things into my body as long as I looked good. I didn't care. But once I started loving my mind and like what's going on on the inside, that made me really examine every single thing that I put in my body. Like I wasn't caring about inflammation before, unless it was making me look bad. Like I don't care if my brain's inflamed. I don't have time for that. But now I do, and yes. I, it, 
it's more of a holistic approach to yeah. my health now. It's yeah. absolutely mental, physical, and spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I am with you, girl. I feel the same exact way. We're going to talk a lot about that in future episodes. Yeah. I'm so excited. I know. Honestly, like, becoming friends with you got me more into mm-hmm. it, too, because right around the time we were becoming friends was right before my wedding, so I was starting to get a lot more into, like, health and wellness, mm-hmm. and you were super into it at the time. Or I mean, you've always been super into it. Yeah. So that timeline kind of measured, uh, lined up, and yeah. as we've gotten closer, I've gotten more into it, like through association and learning from yeah. you. So you're a part of my journey. Yeah, we do. We like we, we piggyback send, off, we, piggyback off of each yeah, other. Yeah, we send each other stuff. And yeah. Like, oh, have you heard about this? And have you read about this? Yeah. And so like we learn a lot. So it's good. I yeah. know. I agree. I learned about raw milk through you. Oh, I didn't know I taught you anything. Yeah. I thought you taught me no, everything. Not, okay. Not <laughs> I love it. Yes. yes. And you got to have good a good circle, a good yes. influence it's in your life. So it's the most important thing. Changing my circle was huge yeah. in my journey. Like yeah. Cut those people out. And you had to because you moved across the country. Yeah. Well, it was basically forced and, upon me, yeah. but it was for the best. It is. See, yeah. I chose to do that I chose to like get myself out of that yeah it's so refreshing it's so I just feel like a new person here in a way I I feel like I have so much more freedom because I'm like I don't feel I feel like I'm a world away you are (laughs) it's there's something so liberating about it like when you see your friends back home all hanging out there's like a part of you that has FOMO yeah but then there's a part of you that's like I'm so glad I broke away from that and that's no shade to them it's just it's hard to grow when you're still in your comfort zone yeah and I know you are a huge traveler. She's always out and about going to different places. I'll be like, hey, Jensen, do you want to hang out? And she's like, oh, I'm in Mexico right now. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so what has gotten you so passionate about traveling? So I didn't grow up traveling. I grew up in a family that's not in- very interested in travel at all. I mean, we took vacations, but it was always to the same three places, which were Hawaii, Disneyland, and Minnesota. But I just always had this burning desire inside of me, especially once I saw Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, where they go Best to movies. Greece. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I have to go there. And I was just obsessed like I didn't even have a passport till I was 18 and I was just always scheming trying to find ways I could go abroad um my school did a trip to Peru when I was in high school and I begged my parents and they said no because my dad thought it was dangerous and I was heartbroken and it just didn't happen but I never stopped looking for a way to do that and then when I was a freshman in college This is a crazy story because I swear to God, I never applied for this trip. I have no memory of applying for this trip, but supposedly I applied to go to New Zealand and Australia for a month, which my school did these little classes in May. You take like one class for the month of May and they had some that were abroad options. And I got an email like February of my freshman year saying, hey, you got approved for the Australia-New Zealand trip. Someone had to drop out. Do you still want to go? And, and this was like a really big deal because freshmen would never get chosen to go on these trips. So I only got in because somebody had dropped out. And I was like, wow, I really don't know what this is. I don't even know what class this is for. This God just put this in my lap because I did not apply for this. But I jumped at the opportunity. I was like, yes, I did whatever I could to get the money. I like expedited a passport, 
drove to a uh, post office like an hour away because it was the only one that had appointments because it was so backed up because it's California. And yeah, that was my decision to go to New Zealand and Australia. And I was 18 and off I went. It was literally like an ecology, environmental science class. I know nothing about science. Like everyone else on the trip was like a science major. But I was just there to party and have a good time. and That's really brave of you yeah. for going and just sending it and doing it. <laughs> it was. I don't think many people would have just been like, oh, okay, let me go on this science trip just because I want to go to New Zealand and Australia. It ended up being a drinking trip, even with the scientists. And we all formed, <laughs> They get like, down, too. Oh, they got down. They got down. We all formed really good friendships and... Yeah, that just changed everything for me, and I've been obsessed ever since. So Those trips are the best. It was amazing. It's like a random group of people or, like, your class of whatever, and Mm -hmm. you all go and you get close, like, with people that you would never normally hang out with, but since you all are doing something in common... It's It's magical. It's it's some of the most... Yeah, it's It's, a magical experience. It's kind of sad, though, because when you're in that environment, you feel like you formed these lifelong bonds, and we're like, we're all going to be best friends, we're going to be in each other's weddings, and then we would end up... We hung out, like, once or twice a year after that, like, never the whole group together again, like, you go back to the real world, and it's sad, but... Yeah. We'll always yeah. like have a special place in each other's hearts because it was such exactly. a crazy trip. You'll never forget that trip. Yeah. And then, okay, so after that, probably your next trip was studying abroad, right? Yes. Or- so I always knew I was going to study abroad. So that was my plan in high school. I didn't think I would get there before my study abroad. So that's why that Australia trip was like such a shock because yeah. I didn't think it would happen that soon yeah yeah but I went to a school that was really big on study abroad that was a part of the reason I went That's to so that cool. school and that was junior year so my boyfriend at the time now my husband we studied abroad in Barcelona together for about four months and traveled all over Europe and those were some of the most incredible memories of my life I'll never forget that I dream about going back every single day and it just awoke this something inside of me that wasn't there I always knew it was there but it had just never been ignited and now I feel like my heart is like scattered in so many places all over the world because I fall in love with so many different places I know it makes it harder it is like the price you pay for traveling is that you feel like you're never whole again yeah your heart gets torn into pieces and you have there's a sense of longing in you everywhere you go I know and yeah that is but it's, it's a good pain it's but it's so it's so worth it i think about that all the time with my study abroad experience too I'm yeah like, well, part of my heart's there it's so yeah it's sad but it's such a good pain it makes me feel alive like we need to have those feelings and it gives me such an appreciation for the world and different cultures I always like people more after I travel. Oh, yes. Like, in my everyday life, I'm like, I hate people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around people. But then when I go to other cultures and I meet other people, I'm like, I love people. I love meeting everyone. It's so important. It It, brings, yeah, yeah, you closer to others. humanity. Yeah, the oneness that we're all. I love that. Yeah, we're all, you know, humans. Um, Cool. That's awesome. I can't wait for you and Matt to go back. 
I think we're going back next year. You, okay. <laughs> How did I know that this is coming? <laughs> yeah. Are you, so you're planning it? Or? So I came home the other day and he was like, you want to hear some good news? And every time he says that, he gets me excited and then he'll literally just be like, I just wanted to tell you I love you. And I'm oh like, that's sweet, but that's not good. Like, you get me excited that you have news. So the other day he was like, you want to hear some good news? And I was like, what, you love me? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, stop doing that. And yeah. he's like, no, but actually I decided we're going to go to Paris and Barcelona for our anniversary next year. Do you want to go? And I was like, are you no. serious? <laughs> yeah, no. I think I'll stay in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Like, it, you'll know that I am have been cloned or I'm an imposter if I ever say no to that. Yeah, so exactly. It's like, it's like exactly yeah yeah (laughs) and then of course I started trying to take over it's like wait but can we go here can we go there and he's like I'm gonna plan this one okay so I plan everything in this relationship but do you let him have a say no and why is that it's because you don't trust him with his decisions (laughs) or you just know you're gonna do it better or you want to do what you want to do I always ask for his opinion but it's like Oh, I, know. I give it the weight it deserves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just have, I, my whole family, I plan every single trip. I do every single thing. I find all the deals. Like, it's my thing. It's mm. a talent. Everyone turns to me for that, which is a burden. Like, I, it yeah. would be nice. I'm always jealous of my family. They can just show up and, like, everything is set up because they don't see the hours that go in behind the scenes. But I do have a hard time relinquishing control because I am very particular and I I want the nice things. I want the nice seats on the plane. Yeah. I want to do specific things. So it sounds nice, but it's also terrifying. I just had an aha (laughs) that you should be a luxury travel agent. Oh, I've been thinking about it. (laughs) You would be so perfect for it. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I'll set you up to talk to my friend. Yeah, because she does that and she loves it. And she just went to Africa. So oh, it's a good yeah. excuse That'd when your territory dream. is like Africa or something. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm trying to make a career change. And then, yeah. and then we'll <laughs> podcast through it. Yes. <laughs> I want to go back on your marriage and I just wanted to ask you what has your first year of marriage been like? <laughs> I got married young-ish. Uh, we got married about a year ago when I was almost 24 and it's been an amazing year. I feel like I have learned so much. Like marriage is, I didn't expect to learn so much about myself in marriage. Like you think you're gonna learn about partnership and like how to be a team and you do learn those things, but I feel like being married is like, there's a mirror in your face all the time and there's like no escaping or hiding from it. Mm-hmm. So I've learned I've learned so much this year and I, I definitely want to get more into that. But yeah, I'm just I never thought that I would get married young, but I'm really glad that I did. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me and I'm like an advocate for marriage now. Yeah. <laughs> so. And when you find the right person yeah. and it's not gonna be like I don't know your opinion on it, mm-hmm. but for me, or I just hear, I guess, that like people don't get married as much anymore because they're looking for the absolutely perfect person and mm-hmm. no one's absolutely perfect. Everyone's going through their things and changing and growing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like once you find a person that you really love and get along with and have a partnership with mm-hmm. and communication, it's 
it's like the most beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing. And it, no, what you said is true. People are so quick to find flaws these days and think of any reason to just give up on someone because we feel like we have so many options with Tinder at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'll just swipe and find somebody new. Yeah. And people are so indisposable now. People like. are so indisposable and self-centered and mm-hmm. into like, what can you do for me in the yeah. relationship? I feel like that's what people are looking for. Yeah. The number one thing I've learned is that marriage is about sacrifice mm-hmm. and having to learn to surrender and be selfless, which mm-hmm. selflessness doesn't come naturally to most of us, especially not me. I'm a natural fighter. Mm-hmm. I'm used to fighting for my way and getting it no matter what. Like that's, mm-hmm. I've always been just extremely strong willed and I've had to let go of that. That doesn't work yeah. in a marriage. That's not going to lead to a happy marriage. Yeah. Like, it's no longer about me. You're part of a team, something mm-hmm. bigger than yourself. And you have to learn to put the other person first and find this, like, beautiful balance of give and take. Yeah. So I think that's so important. I love what yeah. you said. Has that been, like, one of the biggest challenges for you? Just letting go of that? Yes. Um, control, I guess. I don't know if it's control, but... Yeah, because I... My parents would always say I was a power child. Like, mm-hmm. I would always get my way. I'm just strong-willed, strong personality. I feel like I'm a natural leader. and But it doesn't make me happy to lead in a mm-hmm. marriage. Like, I really wanted a man to lead me. Even yes. though my natural instincts are that I want to be making all the decisions, I actually get so fatigued and overwhelmed from making decisions And it's so nice to be able to lean into him and just be like, I don't know. I don't want to think about this. You decide. Mm -hmm. I want to go with what you want to do. Like just being able to relinquish that control and also know that it's not about me anymore. And it actually, it actually feels really good to give up on my natural instinct that I always need to fight for my way. And it feels good to do things that he wants to do Mm -hmm. sometimes and not be fighting all the time. Like I'm just trying to settle into a more peaceful, calm version of myself. And like a lot of women, they say they want their, their men to lead, but women have become more stronger and stronger, more and more masculine. So we have to let our men lead if that's Mm -hmm. what we want. And that's probably been the hardest part for me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What's that's, that's cool that you've also noticed that. Yeah. And that's, the most important thing is realizing mm-hmm. that that's your old tendency of what you have wanted to do in the past. Yeah. And then realizing that's not who I want to be anymore. Yeah. And growing into that person and into that relationship in that way. And it, realizing that it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like the fighting, yelling, demanding, it doesn't work. It never yeah. would even get me what I want. Like yeah. the calm approach. You're banging your head against the wall. Exactly. It's miserable for everyone yeah. involved, yet we still keep, our instincts are to keep returning to that same dried up well yeah and it's yeah it's not good for you it's not good for your marriage yeah so so what's your favorite part of marriage my favorite part of marriage is having a companion and best friend all the time just never being alone having someone to lean into for everything like life is freaking brutal yeah Having that person by your side, your rock, your best friend, makes it so much... It literally makes life worth living. Well, and it's a simple thing. Yes. 100%. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. Like, we could be living in a cardboard box, and if we're together, 
I always tell him, in this, in this crazy yeah. world, like, you make me feel safe. The world could be crashing and burning, but if I'm with you, I, I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So. And that's so important. I love that. And just have someone to go to bed next to yeah. and just, like, talk for hours with and mm-hmm. just be your best friend. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I love your relationship. You Thank guys are you. really cute. <laughs> Thanks. Of course. Yeah. So, um, we kind of touched slightly on your um, career, I guess, and how there's been some struggles with that and different changes. Um, but like first, you went to um, you got you went to continuing education. So you yeah. after your bachelor's, you continued school and you got your master's. Yes, is that right? I did. Yeah. Um, I so I majored in psychology and then I got my master's in forensic psychology which is such a passion of mine. I grew up obsessed with watching Nancy Grace, like Casey Anthony, Charles Scott Peterson, which I was like five to like 10 years old when these things were going on and my mom would watch them. She's always been obsessed with true crime and I always just loved it too. And it just was a natural path for me. I've always wanted to be in the FBI from a very young age and so I went to school for that during COVID which was had its own challenges but I do see myself returning to that and using that degree at some point just my issue with it is that I have such a sensitive spirit and I need to figure out how I can be in that field without compromising my mental health and my spirit because it was just really getting to me towards the end of the program. It was starting to feel really dark. I had an internship at the police department and I was like learning that even this small safe town, it's like, there's a pedophile in that house. There's a drug dealer in that house. It just made me feel so depressed and jaded about the world. I just needed to take a break, Yeah. but I'm starting to feel ready to return to it. Like I've started listening to my true crime podcast again. Oh, good. Okay, I'm ready. I feel like I'll be ready to step back in soon. I just don't know how that will look yet. I can imagine how hard that is because you're a very empathetic person. Yes. And you feel the energies in a room, Mm -hmm. in the world, Mm -hmm. um, on big scale and small scale. And so dealing with a career or being in a career that has so much darkness. Yeah, that's my struggle. You really have to figure out mentally how to... Um, remain strong in like who you are. Exactly. It's super, it's really, it's, it's a challenge because it is my passion. It's what I'm the most interested in, but it's really dark and I'm such, I am so sensitive to energy. I can get, feel energy just driving down the freeway and get depressed. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And that's part of what makes you who you are and part of what makes you so, like smart mm. and just aware of your surroundings and yourself. Yeah. So it's hard because it's like you don't want to have to like suppress certain aspects of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but it seems like yeah, it would be challenging to figure out a way to like maintain who you are because that yeah. also makes you special because you are a really sweet empathetic person. Exactly. But also like not let it get to you <laughs> yeah and it's, it's also just the loss of innocence like yes. once your innocence is gone you can never get it back 
And once you see certain things, you can't unsee them. Like, at my internship, they literally told me day one, they were like, just so you know, you're going to see a dead body at some point. It's just going to happen. And I had never seen a dead body, and I literally just prayed because they would get calls of trigger warning, like, suicides, and they Mm -hmm. would have to go clean it up, basically. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. They would tell me the smell, it just just how brutal it is, how yeah. the darkness in the room. It's like, I really don't want that to happen to me. I tried to mentally prepare, and I was there twice a week, and there was another intern who was there the other two days a week, and I would come in, and she'd be like, oh, we had a suicide call yesterday. Oh. I saw a dead body. Somehow, I made it through the whole internship and never saw one. Wow. And I'm so glad for that, because yeah. I feel like you just can't unsee certain things. Yeah. And I don't know if I can expose my soul and my spirit to those awful things. Yeah. I just don't know. But I, So if anyone has any ideas yeah. for how I can do this career without sacrificing myself, yeah, let me know. But yeah, yeah that's been my struggle with it. That's mm-hmm. such a good word or phrase that you use, loss of innocence. Yes, yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. I feel like I went through the loss of innocence even just getting into the real world of yeah. like, oh, wow, this is how it is, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like, it's tough. It's tough. You're so. born with all your innocence. I know. What's innocent? A child. I know. As you go through your life and you do more and more things, you lose it little by little. There are some things hopefully we'll never have to see, like going into combat. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the ultimate loss of innocence that luckily we still have some of our innocence protected, but it's like, as soon as you have sex, mm-hmm. drink, whatever, you're losing a little bit of innocence, mm-hmm. like, bit by bit. You yeah. get more and more jaded throughout your life, so you really have to try and protect that yeah. childlike quality that we all exactly. have. Exactly. Go back with. to that child. Yes, exactly. And have fun with it. Like, yeah. the you know, some of my best friends were still friends to this day, mm-hmm. some of my childhood friends, because when we hang out with each other to this day we act like we are kids we act like yes. how we did when we were 10 and that's so necessary it's so good for your soul it's so good for you and that's why yeah it feeds me when i hang out with them because yeah. it's i need that it's just I need silly that. exactly yeah. to be silly and just let loose and have fun so i love it i love getting to act like a child yeah it's- it's the best. We I all know. have a child in us. I know. We have to feed. We're all just big children. I know. <laughs> We're just, I feel like I'm an imposter in, adults, in an adult's body. We all do. I That's know. Thing. We all have imposter syndrome at yes. one point or another. Yes. Yeah. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so I know you're also really interested in, like, political, like, social politics. Mm-hmm. You know a lot about it. So tell me what got you interested in that and... And yeah, we can totally tie the loss of innocence into that too. Yeah. <laughs> There's like nothing that will destroy your innocence like politics. So I kind of drift in and out of my um, involvement, I guess, with the news and politics. But um, when well, you need to too, if you also feel the weight of the world, exactly. Because, and we've talked about this. Yeah, if you're looking at too much and you're learning about things that are happening across the globe. It's brutal. It's very depressing. And we're not Anyways. meant to know what's happening in every not, corner of the no. world. Like, our bodies are cortisol. We can't handle it. That's never been a thing in but human history. But we're addicted history. to cortisol. I know. So. That's, that's why the news is all negative. I because know. the negative stories sell. It sells. But back to your question. So, 
my parents just instilled really strong values in us from a young age. Like they didn't frame it politically. It was just, we always knew right from wrong. And I've carried these values with me throughout my life. And I think when you have really strong values and beliefs, it just inherently translates to politics. I don't really think of myself as political. Mm-hmm. I just think that I know what's right and what's wrong. And I believe in speaking out for that. So I guess you could say I'm a political person, but I don't really view it that and way. And we see it too political these days. Like yeah, politics everything. has such like a negative connotation to it. Yeah. But it's really about your values and what is best or like what is best for you mm-hmm. and society, I guess. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I see so much evil and terrible things happening in our society. I feel like it's crumbling right mm-hmm. before us, which breaks my heart. And I feel like we've talked about this. Like, this is our last chance to save our country. We have a voice. We have mm-hmm. the mind to be able to think these thoughts and come to realizations and speak out. So I want to, like, I'm not going down without a fight. Yeah. I told you I'm a fighter. Yeah. So I'll channel it for good and exactly. fight for what I believe in. At least I tried. I might fail, but I'd rather die trying. Yeah. So. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a failure. It's just. Yeah. And you can feel good about it. I think that's part of the reason why we wanted to start this podcast. Yes. Is because we wanted to be able to speak mm-hmm. about our truths and what we believe Mm -hmm. because we've been silenced for so long and it's really frustrating and it's super empowering for us for to be able to just have these conversations Mm -hmm. without being uh, afraid or shameful and like utilizing our freedom of speech yeah you have to just stop caring like we can't just lay over and play dead and let our rights get taken away from us there's so much shame and censorship and silencing and at the end of the day it's like i'm okay losing friends i'd rather Mm -hmm. lose my friends than lose my soul yeah and know that i didn't speak out and i didn't try so it's like so important so important there's nothing to really be afraid of at the end of the day especially when you are with god and you know yeah like there's something bigger than this world and yeah yeah. and god speaking through you exactly let him yeah give him the opportunity i'm trying to use you (laughs) it's scary but i know it is so scary but god rewards you when you're when you are courageous i agree so completely and things flow so anyways um what is some advice that you would give to your younger self so it's funny that 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 loss of innocence term came up I wasn't planning on talking about that but that was actually the advice that I would give my younger self is just to slow down and enjoy being a kid for longer because you're only a kid for a few years you have the rest of your life to be an adult and I was in such a rush to grow up like I was just dying to be 21 when I was like 15 16 trying Mm -hmm. to do all these adult like things and I just wish that I had preserved my childhood a little bit longer and just enjoyed the stupid stuff like not be in such a freaking rush to grow up so that's what I would tell my younger self that's so good yeah that's so good yeah I did the same thing really (laughs) yeah yeah it's so easy it's really to want to be older. And I know. we all, I mean, 
I'll speak for myself, like, I focus so much on the future. I know. And your whole, like, you are run by your, you're a slave to your future, Mm. in a way. Yeah, that's how they make us feel, for sure. Yeah. Even if you're not partying and stuff in high school, chances are you're hyper-focused on getting into college, and you're missing out on the moment. You're missing out on being a teenager. Hyper-focused on, yeah, what's what's next yeah. not the present you don't need those types of stressors and yeah. responsibilities when you're still a child like yeah. adulthood has plenty of that i wish oh, yeah. it weren't that way and childhood is so short yeah once so short. once it's over it's over yeah. we're never going to be teenagers again that's something that's really hard to come to terms with in yeah. life when a chapter's over it's over we're only yeah. moving in one direction yeah so all right well thank you so much <laughs> for chatting thank with you. me today i had fun and so much fun. Yeah. So we can take so much. Yes. <laughs>